Okay, cool. Um, and first of all, thanks for coming on my show. Thanks this for having great. me, Procta. Oh, I just yelled in the microphone there. It's like old times. I know. It does feel like it feels like you said earlier about our commute. It feels like we're sitting like, because you would drive <laughs> mostly. And then I'd be like, when are you leaving, Ange? So uh, this is Ange Percival, um, a good friend of mine. I've known Ange for a long time, uh, maybe like seven years or so, just since I feel our like Tarek's it's days. Than that, I think it's like, I started in 2011. Oh, yeah, like 10 <laughs> years. Yeah. Holy shit. We've been 10, for years. 10 years. Holy shit. Cheers. Here's um, our like cheers. 10 year celebration. Yeah, cheers to 10 years. <laughs> 10 years of friendship. I'm looking in the eyes. Sorry, but yeah, I was looking at the microphone here and everything else. Yeah. Um, so Angela Percival is a professional photographer, yeah, adventurous, just like an all-around awesome person. Uh, and Whistler, Squamish, see this guy, kind of, uh, but not originally, as you might be able to audio. spend most of my time on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, um, for a long time. But uh, yeah, Angela and I worked together at Arcteryx a long time ago. That's how we met, and uh, I've been friends ever since. And just kind of like, yeah, it's, I haven't talked to you in a while, so it's yeah. been good. Um, it's been good that you haven't talked to me for a while. It's been great, yeah. Uh, now we're here. <laughs> you so. had a break. Oh, damn. We've got lots of stories. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for coming on my show. It's great. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about probably a lot of things today. I don't know exactly what it's going to talk about. Uh, but you're a photographer, so it's going to probably hit on that. Lots of fun things. Um, and, um, I, I, yeah, wherever it goes, it goes. So, if you have any things. I, I, if just so off the, get, off the start here, so... Because people don't really listen very much longer, like seven minutes of this show, because I've checked my my events. So if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Proctagon. You can follow Ange at Ange Percival yeah. on Instagram. You can go to my YouTube channel. You check out Casual with Ryan Proctor. You can go to uh, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean, um, and um, give a review, whatever you want to do, because that would be cool, because people review it. I've got some good reviews, but some of them don't have the best reviews, So, but I hide those ones, so that's fine. This one's gonna have amazing reviews. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so so Angela, from my show, it's great. Um, we we've been talking about it for a bit, and then you were like, I don't know, I don't know, and then a third party was, you should come on the show. Yeah. And then you hit me up, and then I think it's because I think that only my mom really cares what I do and right what I say and my opinions. But I'm super excited to be here it's and just have a conversation and to see you. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. I think it's weird because um, I do this, and I think people do want to hear more than like your mom more than your mom wants to hear what you do because i mean you put yourself out there and people like people talk about you and it's just hard i know it's hard to like feel like you i, feel, I know it's hard to feel like you have something a voice to say or say something right yeah like are yeah. you really like, a shy person in general or what i wouldn't say i'm shy like i'm pretty i'm very social like i love mm. being around people i'm mm. really interested in people but i think i get so in the work and what i do that mm. i forget to like I love sharing. I love mm -hmm. sharing photography. I love sharing where I go. I love sharing a lot of things, mm -hmm. but I also I'm not highly opinionated. Right. So I also think, you know, I listen to so many podcasts and there's so many people that are, have words of wisdom and value to add. And mm -hmm. I'm just not hundred percent sure that anyone cares what I, I say. Other than my yeah. Mom. I think it takes some time. Like I think I've learned that as people do kind of care. Mm -hmm. So the more you do it, the more you're going to use mm -hmm. to it. I guess when you said, I mean, um, you see, listen to some podcasts and stuff like that. And uh, so, you, so Angela's been a photographer. She's traveled the world. I mean, most of the world, right? Like, you've been in every hemisphere, you think? Yeah, I've, I just haven't spent a ton of time in Africa. I've been to Egypt, but oh, I right, that's. Right. But I'm, gonna, I'm leaving that till later in life. Right, but you yeah. want to go there, yeah? Yeah, I definitely want to go there. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I, I guess um, you're originally from Australia. I am. Yeah. And can't go back right now. No, you can't. Mm -mm. But I, I have a friend of mine who's a producer, and he's. Gone. I think he went there for work. Sorry, I can't go back. I just have to spend two weeks in quarantine. Two weeks in a hotel, which might right. drive me crazy. Oh, uh, I mean, I spent two weeks in my apartment. I would lose my mind. Like it's crazy. <laughs> I spent the last three years in my apartment. I'd lose my mind. But like, um, uh, 
that is, it must be hard. For, like, I mean, you you usually go home annually, right? Because mm-hmm. you have a big family, don't you? Huge family. Yeah. And they're all kind of spread out. Yep. Uh, yeah. My brother lives in France now, but right. my family's all spread out. And I, I love being back in the beach. Yeah, it's like cool, it's, right? it's kind of like a great time to go home and rejuvenate, not right. be working. And, and where are you from in Australia? Uh, from Sydney originally. Okay. High school in Canberra. And then my parents live in a tiny little cool. village called oh. Lake Control that actually got ravaged by the fires last year when I was there. You were there for the fires. I was. That seemed like the whole, the whole country was on fire. The whole continent yeah. was on fire. It's it was like up. probably one of the worst days of my life, I would say. I remember seeing, I remember you, I remember you posting photos of it, I think, on Instagram. Did Until you? my phone died. Yeah. I think I, I had videos because my sisters, I couldn't even get in contact with them really. It was, yeah. yeah, and it was all happening so fast. It happened within 15, 20 minutes. My brother went in to get Just bread. The fire came Yeah, through. we were going out in the boat. It was New Year's Eve. My brother went in to get bread into town. And then he called me and he said, you need to get out of there. It's coming your way. And then the next thing I know, this big cloud coming. And then the fire was at the end of the street. And then we just, it happens so fast. Like that's wow. the thing I think people underestimate is just how fast it happens. Yeah, so. like I've never been a part of it. But I guess, I mean, you're going home for that. But the, the fires were happening when you went home, right? They were, they, it's funny because, it, not funny, but it was burning in the backlands, I would say. My mm-hmm. parents live in a little town called Lake Conjola, which is south of Sydney. Mm-hmm. I don't have a dog. No, I just, I, I have neighbors and they have dogs. So anyway, if you like dogs barking, listen to this podcast. Um, um, yeah, so it was kind of, things were burning, but on New Year's Eve, it just happened really fast. Like it, oh, wow. it just came out of nowhere. We couldn't see it. The whole town that they live in, like it was New Year's Eve. So it was full. It's the middle of oh, summer. God. The village, like caravan park was full. There was just people everywhere. And so did it like take your family home like your parents home with it no it took all of their best friends oh this is a long story i'm gonna do this right sorry yeah sure this is a long story you but know, the, you can just paraphrase if you want to but ugh, it's, can, actually we got lots of time so it do didn't it. take their house in the short version i actually came back to the house so we all went to the beach and the helicopters there was four of them they were pulling water in between people because everyone's on jet skis and boats yeah. and standing in the water because it came right to the water's edge and they were pulling big buckets of water out and my dad actually couldn't walk so I went back to get the bike I think from the house mm-hmm. and the pilot dropped water like everything was on fire on the house I was in like flip-flops oh and a linen dress it was oh like the God. most absurd clothing you'd ever wear in a fire and I and the neighbor was like it's coming and we, there was fires all in the backyard I was like, I've just got to get this bike to like, because I couldn't lift my dad. Right. And then the pilot literally dropped a bomb of water on the bush right next to my parents' house. We made eye contact. We were so close. And I actually tracked him down who the pilot was. He was in like this helicopter 212. And yeah, just that's how fast it happened. And so that he's, that guy saved our house. And not that, you know, so many people lost their houses and not that houses is just stuff, but. Right. It's still. I mean, it's part, it's part of the whole idea of you, like, it's, it's one small piece of what's going on. Saving yeah. Your yeah. And so many people lost their houses and most of the village burned down and yeah, it was, it, and then we couldn't leave for three days. We were trapped there for, yeah, two, two and a half days. That's like a real, I've never experienced it like that before in my life. That's like a real disaster. That's like a real, like. Yeah. And it's so, always so different than what you imagine it to be like. So right. we, I kind of always thought in those situations, you'd have the fire department running around knocking on doors there no. i did not see a single fire light right because they couldn't get They're in busy. like it's all surrounded by bush and so the fire came to this little village and then everyone ran to the ocean but they were so busy they right. couldn't get in and so it was everybody just kind of organizing themselves 
It was chaos. Oh, it was utter chaos. You, that's why you see like guys like on the roof with the hose. Like there's no one around. They try to save their house. Yeah. There's people there doing that, trying to save their own shit, I guess. Yeah. And you're like, that's the the one lesson I've learned it's is like in those situations. Because we'd had a lot of discussions about like if it came when we as kids went home and mom and dad were there by themselves, like what things they could do to to prepare themselves if it was coming and watering the but you have these like piddly little hoses and but the biggest thing was having buckets because the fight like if you got a piddly little garden hose it's not yeah. going to do anything when you got like there's like bombs of fire like dropping everywhere right. and so things were catching on on fire really quickly but <sighs> buckets right i just would have had hundreds of buckets around because that you can just it's put a them big out. dose at once right yeah wow. and footwear i was in these stupid little flip-flops and i couldn't walk so. Like I'd had to walk over the fire and they were melting and then I have a linen dress on. So wait, I was like, wait, like, <laughs> wait. So you were like, you were <laughs> going sideways. You already. were like actively trying to get things out of the fire in, in like flip flops and like you were running into yeah. the home. And like, well, cause we, I, no, I wasn't even worried about the home. It was oh. more the spot fires. Right. Like the one thing we did, we, we moved the gas cause things were exploding. Sure, like all yeah. you could hear is Propane like tanks things like exploding. Yeah. And, but when I ran down, like the, all the kind of, it was almost like uh, pine needles, they're all on fire, but to put out, put them out. So I put them out and then I'd have to step over, you know, it was still burning and there was still embers. And I was in these, I just, I'll never forget. Like I'm just like the most inappropriate clothing ever. You know, it's funny being a photographer and like having to like, you try to find these moments to take photos of, but Uh, then not having your camera there and like running in and you must have these like like specific, I would imagine Visuals. you have these specific, like, you know, like the front door of the house they bring or like, you know, yeah. your mailbox going up or something like that. It must be like, I do. I've never been there before. I kind of stuff before, but it seems like. You'd have- yeah. The next, so the next morning, it was actually my mom's 70th birthday the next day. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So like it turned midnight, everything was still burning. We were, like had no electricity or anything. And yeah. then the next day it was a birthday. It was the most somber 70th birthday ever. But we went around because we, we had to get cell service. Cause the last thing I said to my siblings was it's gonna go everything's gone because the fire was coming up the street and so I needed to to tell them that we were okay my brother was in town with a one-year-old he ended up swimming home which was crazy on my mom's birthday we got to do the podcast at some point that sounds (laughs) I mean it sounds awful and crazy anyway we can we can wrap it up but we went to find um cell service so we drove up and I took my camera um and I have not looked at those photos since I actually, I took photos of the houses and there was cars where they were, the cars were melted and everything was still on fire. And we went to my best, my parents' best friend's house and their house was still burning. Like the fence is still on fire and I just can't, I'm, that's, well, I guess it's like a year, is it a year ago? Yeah, it's a year and a half ago and I still, I haven't looked at the photos. There's just, they're too much. I mean, the trauma of being there, like in your mindset of like, I don't want to dwell on much, but I, I just, I think mindset stuff a lot. I'm like, I'm not, I just can't think of like, you know, you said, it's, you said it's different when you're there, when you, what you think of compared to what it's like when you're there and you're like, just the, how basic your thoughts have to be to get certain things done. Yeah. Like just jump mm-hmm. across this fire. Okay. My next step is this. I, I can't think about too much going on around me because I have to go, my God, I can't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we think of like the fires that happened here and. I mean, I've watched, I was in Fort McMurray a few years ago for work and I saw mm. the devastation there. And, but was that your, like your childhood home that was there? Like, was no, it, oh, okay. <laughs> funnily enough, my childhood home, we, we had fires 
when we were, when I was eight and those ones are pretty traumatic. Like we were at school and the ash was falling and we had to get evacuated from school because we lived in this, the national park. So it was fully surrounded. It was in a similar situation, like fully surrounded by bush, but those ones are actually more traumatic, like from an early age, like this one, I can kind of process a little more. At first, I honestly, I didn't realize it would have a traumatic impact. It was like, okay, this is what we got to deal with. It's like problem solving, you know, and, but I also have older parents, not older parents, but like, Your parents seem young. Your mom's 70? Yeah, they're they're young for sure. Seems but my dad, young. here's an example, fun fact, not fun. <laughs> but like the fire's at the end of the street and I was like, dad, we got to go. And he's picking effing tomatoes. <laughs> and I was like, dad, you gotta eat. dad, leave the tomatoes. You do not eat the tomatoes. Like <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> grab the photo albums. Wow. But I think he went into some... Like he's very casual anyway, and yeah. but he just went into some other zone. Yeah. And I'd run down the street. I'm like, the house down the street is on fire. You cannot pick the tomatoes. I wonder if those things, like you know, like when people get busy. Like I know when I, this is gonna sound maybe a bit trivial, but when I get busy, sometimes I want to distract myself. I'll do laundry. I do things, but I, it's not. It's trivial, but it gets my mind up. What's going yeah, on? Yeah. Maybe in your head, you're like, that's a crazy time to do that. But like you're like, I don't want to go pick up the photos because it makes me have to realize what's happening right now. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think you realized how serious it. Right. It was, but I also therefore felt like I was carrying a bit of responsibility of like, oh, <laughs> do you realize? Wow. Well, anyway. I'm, I mean, it sounds, I mean. How do we uh, get onto that? Australia. Oh yeah. Australian fires. <laughs> Cause I, you said last time you were back was when the fires were happening. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I try and go home a lot. Yeah. yeah I've never been there before. Um, I think I wonder like going home to me is like, I just thought, and maybe you can help me clear figure this out. But like, sometimes I say, yeah, I'm going home. I go back to Barrie, Ontario. I'm like, I'm going to go home mm-hmm. to visit my mom. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, in like three years, I'll have been here longer than I've been back mm-hmm. there. And I'm like, what's home then? I, my, I, don't, I don't have a bedroom there. Like mm-hmm. I don't have, when I go home, I sleep in my mom's like spare bedroom where I have to like, you yeah. know, rough it. So I'm like, is that home? It's just because that's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. But is it home? Like, I don't know. Is that like, I mean, everyone, it's just like a, does it feel like, like home to you? It's like a, it feels very familiar and like I'm used to, I don't, I don't feel like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm somewhere unfamiliar. Does this feel, does Whistler feel like home? I say I'm going home when I leave Vancouver, Barry. I say I'm going back to Whistler. I say I'm going home. home so yeah. I say home both ways. Yeah, sure, sure. So does it feel home? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It feels like, I mean, yeah, this is where I live. I've been here for a long time. Yeah. It's what yeah. I'm most used to. But I'm always curious when people say like, like, because if you went home, it's no longer the home you grew up in. Mm-hmm. There's no bedroom for you there. Mm-hmm. Maybe the, whatever there is, but there's like, yeah. it's not your shit that's in the room. It's like just some stuff. So yeah. the idea of what's home. Yeah, I find me. that And people like, home is where the heart is. Only these live laugh love kind of cool yeah, dumb yeah, shit yeah. everybody's making yeah. fun of right now but like home is where you make it i guess but it does like the default term is to go home yeah that's that is interesting because i actually do think about australia as being home mm-hmm. and but it's because my parents are there so i feel like that that is home but then i feel home is in canada but i actually feel really at home in switzerland right i have these three places that when i die i hope parts of me go to all yeah. three places i'll take those I there feel- for sure wherever you need yeah I'll, okay I'll, I'll, yeah, yeah gotcha i'll yeah i find too like uh, what was i gonna say so um i think one thing i think about this is that when you think about home like my mom lives two houses down from where i last lived she yeah, moved okay. down okay yeah but if if my dad's passed away and my, if, you know whenever this happens if, if i have known if my mom when my mom's mm. gone she's 80 mm. uh i think i didn't when i moved out of barry i didn't think i'm like oh, i'll always be back it's my house mm. i'll always be back if I move out of Whistler, I might never come back here. So mm-hmm. like, I think about, oh, that's weird. Like, it's a bigger thing on my mind to move out of Whistler. Mm-hmm. But then if I have no, well, my tie to Barry is my family that's there. Mm-hmm. And if they're not there anymore, 
will I ever go back? Like, or is, will you consider at home? Yeah. Like what, what, hmm. what am I going back for? Like I have lots of friends. I love my friends there. And your brother lives here. He lives, he lives in Squamish. Yeah. So like, sure. Home is now home is here. I think now, yeah, but like if you're, if your parents are no longer where you were, that tie, the family tie is gone. Does yeah. the home tie still count? I wonder, I, I, okay. I put out, wonder if it's like where you feel grounded at the time, because right. I've, I lived in Whistler for 23 years before I, left to live in Squamish. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is actually... Tw- really? Tw- yeah. What did you move here when you were like 10? 17. <laughs> really? <laughs> or 8, 18. Wow. 18. I was fucking not prepared to move here when I was 18. <laughs> okay, right. So yeah. technically, I've actually lived in Whistler longer... Anywhere. ...than I've lived anywhere. Yeah. But I don't actually consider Whistler home anymore. Squamish right. is home. Right. Which is then kind of... Yeah. Maybe it's just where you kind of have your mini temporary roots because who knows know. where I'll go again. Like doesn't mean, doesn't, does it was home for a long time, but it doesn't yeah. I, like coming up here today. It doesn't feel like oh, I'm returning home because my house isn't here anymore. Like is, does home have more to do with like the ties to it or just your location? Where yeah, you maybe are? it's, maybe it is the ties to it. Because when you're in it? Australia, you say I'm going home or you say I'm going back to Canada. Like when you're, when you're at home, when you're at your home in Australia when yeah. you're, and you're burning down yeah. and you were like, I'm, I'm flying back home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then so when you were you here, well, you have two, you can refer to two places as home, but is yeah. one, what's one really your home? I don't know. I, I, maybe I, it comes back to the cliche where your heart is. Sure. Right. Yeah, for sure. Damn cliche. And like, I, yeah, my heart's still, I mean, my heart's with my family for sure. So they're, they're split across the country. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that's, I never really, I've always, I mean, I have thought of it before, like what's home? Is it where you were, where you are, where you're, where you're born? Yeah. Cause where I was or actually what connected bo- to. Yeah. Cause like I spent probably most of my years living in this town outside of Barry in this little farm town. Yeah. That was like maybe 18 years I lived there. That was my, that was, so is that my home? That's my first house, my first home, I guess. I think it, I, I, I'm not projecting this on anyone else, but I almost think it's, it's where you feel at home mm-hmm. because I have no, I have no family connection to Switzerland at all. Well, I just love, love being there. Yeah. I love spending time there. I, it's like the most absurd place for me to be connected to because I grew up on the beach. So, right. but I feel so at home in Switzerland and I, I have feel, no address, no family home. No, that's why you not, like it. None of that. It's no responsibility. <laughs> I shirk it off. I have no other connection. I had those two with Japan and Spain. For some yeah. reason, I feel like I don't know. I'll end up there somewhere at some point. But um, mm. why I, Spain? I don't know. I think I went there the first time with Sweeney and CD. Oh. <laughs> All right, during the Arcturus yes. days, and I had a blast. <laughs> yeah. And then I've been back twice since um, to Barcelona both times, and it's pretty cliche, I guess. But like, I just think it's cool. I don't feel like I've been in a situation where things are sketchy, and mm. I'm like, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sketchy at all. Mm. Um, and then Japan just. I don't know. I mean, it just feels super calm mm-hmm. and like super friendly there. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you feel at home when you're in Japan and Spain? Yeah. I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel worried. I don't feel like I need to be so I don't feel like I'm like trying to, you know, like when I go to get food, I'm just going to get food. Like I'm not going to like, I just feel like I'm just walking around in a place that I know about. Yeah. 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 You know, it's really yeah. weird. I don't know why it is. Like I've been to like, I mean, lots of places, but um, it's just really weird. I think it's because I've been there. I don't even know why. It just seems yeah. strange. But you have a connection. Because they're it. both very different places. Yeah. And I'd had different experiences in both for sure. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, just weird. The whole idea of like what's home, what's not, but like, I guess it's where you feel comfortable. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it could be where your like heart feels like it's resting. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And I'll put it down to, I think it's where I have a connect, like a strong connection to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like what's I was this born too. in Australia though. Technically, right. So. so here's a question yeah. for you. So you're born in Australia and when did you move to Canada? When you were eight, 17? Uh, I was 18. I okay. just turned 18. So then you, and did you have the same group of friends from when you were like zero to 18 pretty much? No. Like, did you no. so did you go so you change friend groups a lot did you go different move just, around just two times so i was in sydney so i have a friend group like when i was quite young there yeah. actually after the fires in 88 i moved uh we moved to canberra okay right and so then i went to high school there right because what yeah. i was going to ask you is like i've got friends who i've known since i was like say in grade two yeah to the end of high school yeah and then i moved out here and now i'm out here yeah i'm curious who knows me better Oh, yeah, yeah. The friends of the first 18 years? Yeah. Or the friends after? I don't know. But if you moved around a bunch, it might be different. But. Well, you know, I was just thinking about this recently, actually, that, like, I think that for, for me, I don't have, like, I don't have strong friendship connections with the people I went to, like, primary school sure, with, right. like, early, early days. Yeah. Um, because then my friendship group, and I changed schools from high school to, like, in Canberra, it's 11 and 12, like, it's college. Right. But the girls that I traveled with from school, like we would, even after I moved to Canada, we would meet to go surfing. And so you got a good connection there. Right? Yeah. And I, and I was just thinking the other day, I think that travel, like some of my greatest friendships and strongest friendships are people that I've met at Arcturic Shore, but like traveling, like right. just, I don't know, something about travel or adventuring together that just like bonds you and you have a different connection of friendship than you do someone you've met at work or, Unless you travel and I work think, with them. I think that makes sense because when you're traveling, you rely on these people. Yeah. Like if something goes wrong, you're yeah. like, hey, can I borrow 10 bucks? If I bet, you know, like I need to wire money, whatever. Yeah. You're like, you're in Nicaragua and things are going sideways. You got to get stuff sorted out. <laughs> and that was, <laughs> these girls were end up with right. a Nicaragua right. in the dark yeah. on a road. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they will be lifelong friends. Yeah. Like I don't talk to them all the time, but they will be lifelong friends. Yeah. I think the same thing. Like I have friends who I met while I was traveling. I met a guy at the airport a few years ago. We talk all the time on Instagram. Yeah. We got hammered. We, I met him. We got hammered at the airport. We're, both our flights were delayed. Yeah. He was going to work in some outfit. I was going home. I was doing nothing. And we got fucking lit up for like two hours. And we talked a ton. We had, we, our only, our only thing was how mad we were the plane was delayed. And we were on the same plane. We we're on different planes. That's another thing that bonds people. It's yeah. like when you're delayed and you guys are, you're all in the same situation yeah. and you go into the hotel and then you get on the bus to go to the hotel and there's yeah. something that, there's something weird that It's like, why are you screwed off? Oh, this, I'm screwed. Uh, this yeah. plane screwed us in four different ways. It yeah. screwed me because you can't get your wedding. It screwed yeah. me because you can't get to work. <laughs> it screwed you because your mom's, you know, whatever. And then you put your, it's like the same. Yeah. But then if you were standing at the boarding gate and you just got on, you'd never talk to them. No. That's, that's the weirdest thing that happened to me in Jackson uh, yeah. last year. Oh, cause it was that big, wasn't it the stormed out? Or yeah. Something it was a big storm. Yeah. yeah. And then we all end up talking to each other because you're all in the same situation yeah. together and yeah it's that's that thing's it's, interesting i remember um i so on a plane to we're not talking about photography so you're happy with this right it's good. yeah yeah yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. So i, 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 I remember, do photography every day i remember <laughs> i was on a plane to mexico i didn't tell my mom i was going anywhere because i didn't go home to visit her that year so i didn't want to tell her oh. i was going to mexico sorry mom it's been 10 years oh you know, that's so mean uh, well i i because i go home a lot i'm like oh i don't i feel guilty saying i'm not coming home because yeah. so anyway yeah I went to Mexico, mom. It was awesome. I'll tell you a story. Um, so I, I'm on the plane by myself. I'm going there for like a week and a half. And I, I sit beside this dude, uh, this guy, Jake. He's like, you know, I'm like, oh, here we go. This guy's got a loud voice. Or something. We, got, we got hammered. And This uh, is not the guy you met in the airport. This is a different guy. No, different guy. Sorry, different guy. Oh, so, okay. so then I'm on the plane. I met this guy. This guy, Jake. He's like, yeah, I'm going to Mexico. My wife's meeting me out here in a couple of days. I'm going to part of Antarctica. We're doing like a 
I don't know, he's delayed honeymoon or something like that. So I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. We start drinking. He's like, hey, well, where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm going to Sayulita because I'm going to surf and I got a place yeah. there. He's like, oh, well, we should hang out. I'm like, cool, I'll let you in a couple days. He goes, well, why don't you come to Port Vallarta first? We'll party for a couple days and we'll go to Sayulita. I'm like, okay. So, so I just reroute my thing. He goes, whatever you don't, he goes, when you get off the plane, you have to press, I didn't know you had to press the button and if it goes red or green, you get pulled over no matter what. Have you seen this in uh, Mexico? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen it in the UK. There's no, it's just arbitrary apparently. Mm-hmm. It's just like, boom, red, you get pulled over. Mm-hmm. So he's like, if you get pulled over, let me know. So anyway, he's like, and don't just take any ride. I'm like, all right. So we got, so we got a part of Ayarda. Anyway, <laughs> both of us make it through. This guy, I don't, even, I don't fucking know this guy anyway. We end up sleeping in the same bed because you only got one bed. <laughs> And like, I'm like, dude, I don't know this guy. So like, see, so travel bugs you. Yeah. So this guy. So uh, Jake, have you ever listened to this podcast? I don't know. You're hilarious, dude. Anyway, so you're a part of our art. And then we're like, he, it's like, sorry, I'm still having a visual of you just meeting a guy. And then you guys ending up in the same. Oh, bed he's together. like six, two. And I'm like, you know, five, 11. I'm like, Hey man. He's like, and so we're like, totally like we're doing it. You know, we're like apart. Yeah. And, uh, but you're still sleeping the same bed as a guy yeah. you just met. in Port Vallarta, Mexico, where yeah. we just we both almost got like lit up by like you know. I love those. So things. we're we go and buy this bag of, like really dirt weed, like the shitty yeah. weed, right? And he's like, I'm like, we're both gonna get our hands chopped off if they find us with this weed, so we have to figure out a way to do. He's like, oh, we'll go in here. So we go in a lobby of a hotel, and we smoke weed right in the lobby of the hotel, like yeah. right, like like imagine this place, but it's a lobby hotel, right? <laughs> We smoke weed. We're like, let's figure it out. Now we're like, kind of baked and stuff. We go inside. Starts pouring rain. His flip flop takes a lip lop, jumps off his foot, and goes down the drain into the sewage and goes out into the ocean. So he's like, no. And we're just hammering. So we try to chase his flip flop down. <laughs> and we're like, there's a wall. If you've ever been to Port Vallarta, it's like a, you know, it's a big cement like barrier wall that goes in like this. There's no real beach right, in, in this spot right. where we are downtown. Anyway, he's like, my flip flop, and we're like freaking out. So, uh, I just remember like. So we do this party or whatever, and we had to go to we go to port we go to Sayulita after and sleep in the same bed again because I only have one apartment. <laughs> so what are we gonna do? But I get fucking violently ill. I eat this burrito at, at uh, uh, Burrito Revolution. It's like a really famous place yeah. or, in, in Sayulita. I get I start barfing like I'm like I think I ate room temperature beef. Was like, he rubbing your back? You no, know, he's like, dude, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, I'm like, anyway, I just the, the idea of that. We talked a bunch after on Instagram stuff, and I, I ended up meeting his wife, and she's. Nice lady stuff, and they've got like he's like four kids. Now I see him Insta- on Facebook, and it's been like ten years. No way. He's got two kids, he's old. I'm like, well, that's like it's really interesting how your your life can yeah pass, yeah pass with somebody. But. Yeah, and how those moments I think just create like <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, something hilarious. Like yeah, that, you, that you don't get other otherwise through yeah. friendships. I think. I guess I've traveled solo a bunch in the last. Mm-hmm. I think I did that more. Move so traveling maybe travel more. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. coming to Whistler, mm-hmm. I didn't travel a lot when I was younger. I traveled with family and stuff like that, but I didn't do I didn't do any solo traveling until I just left Ontario and moved out here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think traveling just teaches you to travel more. Uh, and solo traveling? Yeah. I love traveling with people. Like I I love because I love sharing yeah. things with other people, but there's yeah. something about solo traveling where you can just decide what you want to do when you want to do it. Yeah. And then I feel like you're also more magnetic to situ especially like my favorite thing about travel just random things you could never plan for happen especially i find in i love asia for this like i love being in asia because it's just so much random chaos and you know people will just walk up to you or you'll just meet someone really randomly and Mm -hmm. like the most colorful experiences but i think solo traveling like at first especially as a woman can be a little daunting but yeah i'm sure yeah that must be like like mentally kind of prepare for it right yeah yeah yeah. but it's it's so incredible everybody does it like there's tons of single female travelers all yeah, yeah yeah and i think you like you yeah you're on your own program but you're also open to different experiences than if you're with somebody and yeah. in a conversation or at a restaurant together yeah. or whatever yeah i agree like i went to nicaragua a few years ago with my buddy jeff and i had to get my appendix out before i left 
uh, four days before I left the Nicaragua, I got my appendix out and they're like, you shouldn't go. I'm like, yeah, I don't go on. So I got there and I was kind of a bummer cause I was kind of fucked up and I shouldn't have been there. And mm. they were like, let's go party. <laughs> and then when they left, they went on a different trip and I, I got my own. I was like, Hey, I felt a little bit, I felt bummed cause they were gone, but I felt this freedom. Like, Oh, now I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. If I want to sit on the couch and do, or sit on the, do nothing. Mm-hmm. But I was also living in a, in a hostel where people are in your room with you. Like, Hey, you want to go to this? I'm like, sure. So mm-hmm. like, you just get like, if you're traveling on your own and you don't go to ex- experience and experience, why are you traveling on your own? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. the whole point is like, okay, I'll do whatever I need to do. Yeah. 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 Where, where's the last place you travel on your own? Cause you, you always do like these, like we're going biking in Switzerland. I got like all this shit going on. I feel like you, tra- you plan these big trips, but it was the last um, time you traveled solo, like outside of work. Yeah. Actually, funnily, it was probably to Barcelona, I would say. Cause the la- um, I went, to, I did, took a sabbatical. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. For, uh, a bunch of months and I went to Switzerland yeah. and I based out of Switzerland and then um, Switzerland's easy to get to. that's how we went to Barcelona it's super fast to fly so fast and it was so cheap it was $49 or 49 Swiss francs that's like still like 100 bucks and I hadn't been to Barcelona my sister loves there, loves it there and I, I just decided one day you know what I'm, I'm gonna this weekend I'm gonna go to Barcelona and it was so incredible I didn't take my camera with the intention of I just wanted to experience it because that's why I took right. a sabbatical just because I'd been shooting so much and yeah. creating so much and just like you kind of just feel like you're pushing 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 and actually this is a bit random but I took a sabbatical to do a like photo project yeah. and in the end I was just like I just need to refuel the soul sabbaticals to get away from work so and work is photography yeah so. but I've, there's so many personal projects I want to do and I don't sure. have time to do them so in the year and like our seasons move so quickly together so I really wanted to d- use this time I had off. It was like a gift. And in the end, I was like, I just really want to like put input, input, input. Cause creativity is so much about like, mm-hmm. you're just constantly doing output. And I yeah. think it's so important to, and so I went to all the kind of famous places in Basel. I had the best time by it's myself good, right? and I traveled. This is actually the best part. <laughs> I traveled with a little satchel. That was it. Right. I went for seven days. Oh, sweet. And so I didn't have any luggage. That's which the best was, way. Oh, it was such a, yeah. For me, like, you know, usually traveling with so much luggage and a lot of times by myself. So I'm hauling bags around just to travel with this like little, it was like a little valence backpack. That's pretty good. <laughs> valence. Yeah. I had, oh, it was amazing. I yeah, think so those things that like, I've been to Croatia. I went there by myself uh, 2016. I just took a backpack and slept on the beach and screwed around and stuff. And I just was like, it's fun to have things with you. I've never gone on a trip where I've gone mountain biking, but I've gone on a trip where I've gone skiing. You're just like, mm. oh man. And the anticipation of going somewhere cool with the gear you have is great. But the anticipation yeah. of like, I'm light and I can just put this bag on my back yeah. and it's got like a, you know, a pack of smokes, a beer and some pretzels yeah. and we're good to go. Like yeah. for the day, it's pretty cool to have that. Like there's freedom. And then there's also like the freedom of movement. There's freedom to travel and there's freedom to do what you want. But there's also like the freedom of like, I don't have any tie downs. There's just yeah. like this six pounds on my back is all I have. I feel like when you travel with like sporting gear or toys, you can, you're a little more restricted of like how many, you can't just go. I, I just, it makes me think about, um, we did a trip a bunch of years ago in the Philippines and we went to a place and we took all our kiting gear and our surfboards. Right. And it was kind of like, but we wanted to go to multiple islands because there's right. so many islands in the Philippines. There's like thousands or millions, isn't there? Yeah. And I felt like we had to really reduce how many places we want to go just right. because hauling that much gear around. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was worth every level of effort to be able to like surf in the morning and kite in the afternoon, like when the wind came up. Yeah. So but funny. to, you know, to be able to, but it takes so much more effort than just right. jumping on a plane or 
go and walking. I think there's this thing where like there's a satisfaction with planning. And I know you're a planner because you have to plan these trips you do. Yeah. But like there's a satisfaction with planning something elaborate. There's also a satisfaction of planning nothing and just going and seeing what happens. I think there's like, totally. and I don't think there's very many people, many people who can do both. Yeah. The spontaneity yeah. of it. Yeah. And like, yeah, like I've traveled with ski gear and stuff. And like the idea of when you're with gear, like you're, you're anticipating to use the gear. Like, okay, hey, I'm going to get there. I'm going to take this gear. I'm going to use it. We travel with a backpack. Like, hey, I don't have anything to use. What am I going to do when I get there? I don't, I don't, uh, I'm just going to look around, I guess, and go for a walk and just go maybe try to find something. Yeah. Like it's a, it's yeah. a different, different mindset for sure. It is a different mindset. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think it, it, another mindset uh, shift is being on a on a bike and that be your travel mode. Mm, like that was yeah. kind of a new experience for me too. I've never done that before. So you did, did you do that in Switzerland? You guys traveled? You guys biked around, or what? We do? did. Like we did, but it's pretty easy in yeah. places like like I lived right on the border of Switzerland and Italy and France. So right. basically, like on a weekend, we'd bike into France and then into Italy and then right. back. So that was kind of travel. But we were we went to. Um, the northern India Himalaya, we went into the Zanskar and we biked through the Zanskar, like right at the end of my sabbatical. Right. So we biked for a thousand kilometers for three weeks. Oh, wow. Like to the border of Pakistan and then like through this remote area um, that's about to be connected by road. Mm-hmm. And, but that was the crazy part is when you're on a bike, we didn't have a, you didn't have a choice of like, you're kind of on the road and you, all biking. you have with you is on the bike. That's pretty cool. So that took another dimension to right. travel and venturing and yeah it, it's it's like there's that because at that point you have to pre-plan you have to pick your route and kind of go places right? yeah yeah so mm-hmm. you have to pre-plan but like um i think you're, i mean i've been to your bunch of times i think the idea of like because it's so easy to travel I'm in it right now clearly but like yeah you hop on a plane like when i was in croatia with this german couple they were like 80 we were just we got hammered it was so awesome they <laughs> were so they were so lovely yeah <laughs> they were they were old i was like you guys are, gonna, are you guys okay like are, do i have to call someone they're like nah we're just they came from Germany. Their accents were thin, but they were like, we just come for the weekend to Croatia. It's like 50 bucks yeah. for each of us to fly. Yeah. So that's just the idea of like, like mechanized travel in Europe seems pretty simple. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea of like pedaling and pat- traveling around on a bike seems also somewhat normal because everything's so close and it's, it's kind of old school ways and you can kind of yeah. get around, right? That That's actually, I would like Europe wins in that. And especially Switzerland, like you can do a hut hut by bike. Yeah. Like where you do, you're taking your day pack. It's amazing. And then the hut from here to like Saskatchewan in Canada. You have to <laughs> fucking go forever. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was amazing. The fact that we could bike, do a bunch of like up, 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 down, like, you know, single track, epic missions. And then you're staying in a hut. Right. And then you're getting full three meals, like dinner, just, and then sleeping in a bed with a duvet, you have to bring a sheet. Like, right. honestly, that level of travel is amazing too. That's cool. Because yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, do you feel obligated though sometimes to take pictures when you're on traveling? You know, I, for your actually, own brain it's to funny, be like, I just got asked that the other day and I hadn't thought about that for a while. Oh, then I don't want to ask the same question we no, asked No, let's you. talk about oh, okay, it. Because cool. it's actually, uh, I really, I, I've been, when, when I get asked a question, I think about it for a while. So actually yeah. kind of, I don't feel obligated to I can separate the two and I especially because of I shoot what I love to do anyway I think it's so important um for me to like I spend you know like I'm a full-time in-house photographer so I could be shooting every day of the week if I want and some days some weeks I'll have multiple shoots in a week so to take a weekend and I don't want to take a picture I just want to be there I want to be with my friends like if I do a kite surfing trip it's I'm not going to shoot it. I'm just going to be there because I love being there and experiencing it as much as I love taking photos of it. 
there's certain places that I've gone or want to go that I actually only want to go there with a camera. Right. Like that's like really intentional. But I feel these days that I love being in it without a camera as much as I love right. shooting it. I mean, it keeps, it would, it would keep your brain. It keeps your like enthusiasm going too. Yeah. Do you feel like, and it's, your creativity. Yeah. Because right, you're not trying to, you're not, you're not, you're not, um, you're not consu- Sorry, you're not like. Um, I'm gonna say it in a second here. You're not like um, using your creativity. You're just letting things happen to you. Like you're not like trying to like you're not trying to be creative. You're just letting creativity hit you in the brain. You're just absorbing ideas rather than like you're not. I was gonna ask you if you, if you like like you without your camera, you can experience things. You can not, you're not thinking. You're just like experiencing what's going on. So you learn like you can just kind of like absorb what's ever happening around you. But then. If your phone's in your pocket, do you feel like it's even worth taking a picture with your phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think so? A hundred percent. As a photographer, yeah. so be like, you know, you got, you got this thing in front of your face all the time. But like, I know phones are great now. I mean, we're obviously this is working because my podcast film so well. Because <laughs> you're filming. <laughs> but like, I'm just curious if you think, yeah, like I'm like, sometimes on my phone, I have a Nikon here. I'm like, it's not worth taking a picture of my phone right now. It's not going to do it justice. Uh, see, I, oh, I got so many thoughts about that whole, just that one sentence. Like, okay, I'll start with being in the moment versus shooting it. Sure. Yeah is I can't be half in, half out. Like if I'm going to shoot it, I did a trip, a bike trip a couple of years ago to Greece with a bunch of women and I and I photographed it for the company Big Mountain Adventures who oh, cool. does Hi, it. Chris, yeah. uh, Chris Winter. Yeah. yeah. And I was going to go on the trip anyway and he said, do you want to take pictures? And I was like, okay, but I'm going to be one thing or the other. Like I will enjoy it and I still have fun, but I either want to be off, fully off, or I'm going to be all in because yeah. I don't want to come sense. back with half, half of yeah. the trip documented i want to be like fully in photo mode so i kind of have like an on and an off switch i guess Mm -hmm. um but on that respect i see all my experiences as if i was shooting them but that comes pretty effortlessly yeah because you must i was gonna ask you you think in camera mode yeah yeah you must you must be like yeah right like if i'm when i was in switzerland that year i actually just i part of it's the weight too i just didn't want to carry around all that like 70 pounds heavy gear all the time and i wanted just to go with my phone and to answer your last part of the question is like the, there's so much, I think you're more creative if you have one tool and you have to use that one tool. Like I think people use cameras and lenses and as a, a, totally as a crutch. But, but doesn't, isn't it like having the most, like my thought is, yeah, it's like having a crutch, but a crutch with gas in it. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's like a crush. It's like, it depends what your purpose of your photo is sure, though. Like right. if your photo is purely, the only reason I got into photography is because I wanted to remember everything I was doing. And when you were doing it, there was no phones weren't in your pocket. No, yeah, no. Right. And it wasn't with intention either. It was sure. just like, I want to go do this thing. I'm, I know. And, and I actually think I kind of blame maybe the reason I mean, I got into photography is because I just have really bad memory and that I wanted to capture all those things in that experience that were happening. Right. And therefore, I'd take a photo of it so I could remember it. So whether it's my phone or my big fancy camera that produce can produce like billboard size images, I don't know. It's the oh, experience that the yeah. experience that counts. Right. And I think um, I've always believed that, like as a guide, the guide like guides go to so many amazing places. Guide. And athletes, like the photography is the easy part. You just have to be there. Yeah. Like that's the most powerful part. That's the thing. Is like do. You, do you think so when you're not shooting? I know we're talking about photography here, but not so much. We're talking about just like your mindset. Do you think and like, oh, that'd be, if I was here, if I took, I'd have to have, have stop this. Like, do you think when you're 
brain's looking at an image and your camera's in Canada and you're in Australia and you're like, ah, this would be like a ISO. This. Yeah. And now you're just like, this looks cool. And you, you just, yeah. Like, yeah. I just like, oh, I want to capture that. Right. So I have it forever. Right. Moment. I, I guess th- it sounds like there's a bit of a line. I mean, I wonder how many photos are on Instagram of from a phone or from a camera now. Like if you took the last, like say three years of Instagram, yeah. maybe mm-hmm. or three years, whatever, two years there, but not, not long because not from a back in the day, but like, cause I know a lot of photographers will take a photo from their camera, process it and put it on their Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, obviously it's better than what a, cam- what a phone could do. But I wonder what, out of all the, prof- if you took all the professional photographers that shoot daily or whatever it is mm-hmm. on Instagram and just took everybody else away and we're like, Hey, how many photos do they have of, from their phone or how many photos do they have from their camera? It would be like a 90, 10, It'd be ninety yeah. percent camera, ten percent phone. Yeah, but that, I does that do justice for what we're looking at in our in our world? Well, I think that's a little more complex than right. being so black and Answer white. Answer it for shoot. me, Ange. Tell me the <laughs> tell me. Well, a big reason is that Instagram is used as a portfolio these days, so you sure. don't want to put on your whole Instagram channel photos you've taken for your phone if you're trying to get clients. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So have, therefore, yeah. it is there is no. I mean, maybe in the fashion world, but there's no flat portfolio anymore. No. So what else do you have other than a right. website? But that will be a second jump for a person that's looking yeah. to hire a photographer. It is interesting because I look at my Instagram feed and mine's like, whatever I think of at the moment, I think of the caption within 10 seconds, taking the photo. I don't plan things. I just take a picture, put it up, put it up. Yeah. In, yeah. This podcast obviously different, but like I take a photo that, that that photo caption's been thought of in like the first 10 seconds. So you're saying it's instant? Yeah. Yeah, good one. <laughs> Thanks for coming on my show. Bye. This is this kind of our project. We're done with Ange here. Um, <laughs> it's not like, so instant for photographers, though, I would say. But then, so what I guess is like, I guess what I'm saying, I guess I'm curious of Instagram, and I think about it a lot, but it's just like instant, the instant is gone. It's just gram in some respects. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do we want to go down the we'll Instagram? Have to get that deep. Right? No, no, that's. No. I'm just curious, like, because I guess you put so much planning into go and take a photo. Like yeah. you spend hours, even just like from like how much gas, where's the hotel going to be, everything else to get these photos you need, right? Yeah. And then we're all supposed to have this like idea of like what life's happening right in front of us. Yeah. And it's this, I, I just have a hard time when, um, if you're, I like when someone has two, this is going to sound No, I love this conversation. I can't wait to get into it. I like when photographers have a personal Instagram account and their own, and then a different account. Yeah. Um, I like watching them just be very staunch about how they're going to leave the stuff on their, on their personal account to like what's happening in the moment, things like that. And their professional account, sure, have a portfolio. It's great. It's, you you have to, if Mm -hmm. you don't, you're not doing it right. Mm -hmm. But you will, I just curious how you decide what's kind of like where you're going to put things on yours. Cause your Instagram's, curated it's great but do you like if you put up a photo fo- you're a photographer so if you put up a photo of like you took in your living room of like a cat doing something funny <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah, is that yeah, yeah. would you do that like okay so i can talk personally but then i'd say general the general i'm not i'm i would say i'm not the norm like i should be doing way more of instagram you but the just, way i, I do, look do, at yeah sorry i'll give you my honest yeah. where i'm at today yeah. is that Instagram, I love Instagram. People don't have good relationships with Instagram. They get really angry at it, but I, I it think it's, it's amazing. I think it's such a great tool. And I actually love the engagement of it. I love being in there. I love like talking to the community. But I, I see I it as ask you later, so. I have a I see it as a tool right, right now because yeah. I just cannot service that all the time. I cannot right. I just can't like I have a, I get I think because I'm I'm not servicing like I'm not I'm not out there to take photos for Instagram. I'm out sure. there 
to do a job. I happen to be really lucky that my job is something I love to do anyway. Right. So I, I get, love your job. You do it all the time. It's like 24 seven. I good. get yeah. I, I'm a bit of a workaholic, but that's cause I love it so much. And I get so absorbed in the work right. that I forget about this super fun. It's like a social side, you know, mm-hmm. and then I forget about Instagram being, um, instant right because a i can't post things right away that i shoot because there's embargoes like they're in future seasons so then i just forget by the time like a year's come around i'm like oh i can post that thing it goes up yeah that said like so i'm so much more focused on the work i like the likes and for sure sorry that's okay the the likes and instagram like that's kind of second to the work i do and i forget that the photos i take until i'm in an rei and i'm like oh yeah i took that photo and i forget like there's a disconnection there for me but yeah, I have an idea about that. Sure, go ahead. But as like if I if my job was just to be on oh, man, I I think that'd be the best job ever. Honestly, yeah. just to be on Instagram and be shooting kind of real time. Right. Um, but it has to be curated because m- most of the days I'm not on my phone. I'm not in cell service. Right. Like so, there's there's kind of. And I think that's okay because different people like it. It started as Instagram, and I think people that are stuck on that it being still instant is not me <laughs> not me <laughs> it's it's just the definition has changed because yeah. and being a f- and for photographers it's a totally different definition than someone day to day who honestly if i could just shoot my day it'd be a freaking rad feed of like what i do right. and i did have one for a little bit that i did for my family it's too much work just so they knew where it is but i just can't i can barely yeah. do one channel i guess i had a couple things i want to ask so one yeah. thing is that's a bit f- of a rant sorry no that's no, fine not I mean, a rant it's, but just an it's great honest yeah, I think I think and I think I know why that's the case is because I just I just solved mm. this. I just mm-hmm. solved it, Ange. It's because Tell when me. I when I see photographers, I don't know any staff photographers who aren't out there trying to find work. Yeah. Yeah. So if I everybody I know is freelance, like here's my portfolio to show what I'm doing. And that's right, it's portfolio. You have to make it fucking money or mm-hmm. it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. But you're like and I'm not saying this in a bad way at all. Yeah. You have a job that's like you are a staff photographer. Yeah. Yeah. So as much as you want people to see your work and get those other jobs, you're like, I, I don't need to do it. Yeah. 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 Like I, this is to showcase me because I want to, not because I have to try to get this work. If you're a freelance, it'd be a different story. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's where you're like, ah, because I also know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what uh, your Instagram drives me insane because I'm like, who is that skiing? I'm like, I don't know. You never tag anybody. I'm really, I'm, you I'm so, okay. I'm so bad but only, but, at Instagram. Sorry. I'm trying to become so much no, better because I love it so much. But what but I'm saying is like, you know why that it's is? Also, it's because I, I, I get mad at people due to, I'm like, I wouldn't, I don't think I would, ta- I very have a hard time tagging people because I'm like, no, I need to tag people because these people have skied in front of my camera, climbed or done, and they're sorry, amazing I'm just kidding. People. She tagged everybody. I don't, sorry, I didn't mean to yell. Sorry, Forrest Coots. I didn't tag you on Monday. I saw that. <laughs> uh, I didn't know who that was. But um, but you know why that is? Just like, let's just stop for a second. Yeah. The writing part of it, like the right. captions, I honestly, and then I get busy doing something else and right. I, they, they just go up. Yeah. Cause because I auto, like I have to do it. I have to do it in advance. Right. I'll write captions for you. Ah, I'll, I'll, tell, Ange, I'll write captions for you for sure. No way. I, I love writing captions. You know, <laughs> I, do a, I, I, I take I a, take a photo so I can make a caption. Are you kidding my, me? My whole point is to make the caption because my you, photos are kind of shit. I love, I can make a caption like that and I put it up. Are you kidding? I, do you know the reason why I have been so bad at Instagram is because <laughs> I'll put something up and I'll be like, I have no caption. I don't even know what to say. It's just trees. I really like it. It's trees. I oh, should just say that. But that's, I, it paralyzes me. Instagram uh, paralyzes me to I, share and I, I love sharing. 
I'm the only, I, I love the caption. Okay. And sometimes okay. the caption, no captions on purpose because I think it's funny to have no caption. Yeah. But yeah. like, uh, only one caption have I ever spent longer than 10 seconds on. And it was this caption I made about this puddle down the street. And I made, it was a long story about how I And won. it took you 10. It took me two months to write the caption. And it's amazing. <laughs> But the photo sucks. It's a it's a shitty photo. I think we're gonna be a good team. But I I love the caption part because um, only because I think not everyone's a great photographer, and if you can balance out a bad photo with a real like what that photo is and a good caption, it could change things. Because storytelling happens in a photo, but also happens in words because that's where it first started. Well, not yeah. first started. Storytelling happened in in pictures first for sure, or in drawings, whatever it is, mm-hmm. or hand signals, mm-hmm. whatever it was, or a fire and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, I think that communication can can be almost like a can be singular in that in that aspect where the photos are so great but then the captions amazing or the photos amazing because you take great photos you don't only have to, I mean you don't only have to take captions I mean you don't have to caption yeah but this st- back I, to your story I was always just curious about why you didn't, didn't sometimes yeah you know it's it's just a lack of time spent on that right and it's not that I don't have the time I just rather be outside mm-hmm. than doing that and right. it's writing for me is hard right like I I. I made myself start a blog and I love doing it, but the writing part is hard mm-hmm. because I, if I was just talking to you, I'd tell you what it was, but like I have so many photos that are ready to be shared, but they're just blocked because I'm just not doing Like I'm just not sharing them. And uh, the stories, there's so many stories behind those you photos. You must have like, I have stories. I've done shit. You must well, have that so whole many Zanskar trip. Yeah, I did have, that purely <laughs> for me yeah. and wanting to do it. Right. And because I'd wanted to do it for a long time and it wasn't a work trip. And those images have, I haven't shared a single one yet. Oh, well, you should share them. It's, it's, yeah. it's coming. It's just tough because I get it. Like, again, you're, again, you're in that situation where you're like, you're sharing out of joy, not out of commerce, not trying to make, you know, yeah. you, you, yeah. you could have no Instagram and still be doing what you're doing. Yeah. No, I'm not, not, not yeah. in a bad way, but yeah. your job and you've been doing it for so long that you're like, you're incredible at it. And they, you're an asset that's beyond what they should understand. But you, your Instagram is like, it's like mine. It's fun to have because you like doing it. Yeah, yeah. Not because if you don't do it, you're not going to get a gig. It's such, it's like, it's hard. I it's guess. also not a real deadline. Like I have, yeah. you know, every week I have real deadlines and we're just, we move so fast in seasons. Like I yeah. finish one season. I just will finish winter tomorrow, uh, Wednesday. Yeah. And then basically start summer on Thursday. So there's, it's kind of as the priorities go, it's the one I want to do a lot, but it's the one I don't do because the other things have real deadlines. Like if my Instagram doesn't get captions, it's, it will just go out anyway. Yeah. Which is good. I think even stories actually just back to the stories part. I love the stories on Instagram. Instagram stories. Oh yeah. Well, I have like a full photo album full of. I got a friend of mine named Connor. Connor, dude, cool it on the Instagram. He sends me so many. He's like, I'll be like, I'll wake up. I'm like, you have 10 messages from Connor. It's been like 20 minutes. I'm like, uh, it's all these. He's, he just, he gets stuck on reels. He sends oh, me yeah. the funniest shit. I'm like, dude, you gotta like come. And then I'm like, boom, I fire up everybody I know. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stories and, and reels are, I, but yeah, we're, I'm a real stickler on some things. If, if some, if you look at someone's story, right. And you're like, yeah. Hey, like say it has like, tiny ticks like a hundred stories i'd say i'm not watching all those but if you've got oh, like gotcha. five stories i'm gotcha. like i'll check them all out but yeah, sure. i'm not gonna be like what's happening now like and even if i haven't mm. excuse me beer that's a me. burpee beer i know but i was used to it um do you, so but you don't stories 
do you think that there's like there's a story behind the stories like the story's like that little video you make yeah. it's, like, it's supposed yeah. to build up as a story of what's going on yeah so. but there's no ca- you don't have to have captions for those so it's probably right up your alley yeah that's but it's true. less it's less time sense it's more time sensitive i feel like stories are yeah, that's that's true. Okay, so I just got back from Alaska, and I have it was an amazing trip, and I have these incredible videos, and I've actually told the stories to my friends. You yeah. know, when they're like, "How was the trip?" And you're like, "Amazing! You right. should have seen what we did. You should have seen what I got this plane I, ride I had. Like, it was ridiculous. I almost died." Huh? Yeah. And then I'll send them the video, but I actually haven't put those up yet. But I should because it's free. that's how I would share it to the world. Mm-hmm. You just, but yeah. I kind of want it to be a little more like thought about rather than just. To, to give people context, actually, I think that's what I struggle with. Is I want to, if you're doing a bit of story, like if you're doing five story frames, I, I want to give context. Context, otherwise, why are we you're falling off a glacier I mean, on this plane? I mean, you're a storyteller. I mean, you try to yeah, tell a story in your photos. Like, yeah, if you're trying to you're trying to tell as much of a story in one photo as you can, right? Every time. So when yeah. you're putting up a video, I have the same way too. Like, but I also feel like there's a bit of like I said it before. I use this term a lot, but imposter syndrome. You're like, oh, is this really worth sharing? Totally. And but I think. And I also think sometimes I share too much where I'm like, like, uh, this is like, I assume maybe I'm showing off on stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I find that like, I feel like I sense unintended attitude from people who post a lot of stuff. And I'm like, you don't don't have to follow me on this road because I'm going to go. No, but I feel like I'm like, oh. You know, people post like my vacation better than your life. That kind of stuff that used to happen mm. on Facebook a lot. I'm like, fuck you guys. For Sorry. Mm. That's not fair to anybody. Mm. Like, and it's just showing off. Mm-hmm. It's not trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. And I show off pretty funny all the time. I put bombs a bunch. But like, I sometimes I just feel self-conscious of like, should I post this? Because I've been posting a lot of cool things that I'm doing. And I like, you, this whole thing of share the bad days. Mm. No one's going to do that. Yeah. Like, do you, do you yeah. find that do you have a conscience or like a, do you feel self conscious sometimes sharing? Oh, a hundred percent. That's why I haven't shared the, the Alaska. Which is crazy because like you're really. I mean, you know you're celebrated. You it's know guilt. you're good at it. I feel guilty. Ah, right, I'm like, enough. I just yeah. went to Alaska in the middle of a pandemic, and I flew in these super cubs that dropped us to the top of. <laughs> like, I feel guilty about it, yeah. and I. But I. But when I post it, like the rest, the. I feel like and it's it's a couple of things. Like, and I actually sure. have a friend that I, I feel guilty about the things that I get to do, and I feel so lucky. But I'm so grateful for those things. And but I have a friend who works in the oncology unit in Squamish, and I said like, you're saving the world. I don't, I do, I decorate it. Mm. Like I take photos of it, mm. and so I kind of feel guilty when there's people working in hospitals and doing the things they do. And I feel guilty about putting that out there. But she came back to me with, you're what keeps me inspired. Like at the end of the day, when I come home and I've had a lot of cancer patients, like that's what I need to keep going. And yeah, I, I, I I appreciate that. And I, and I love hearing that because otherwise I feel guilty putting some of these things out there. It's really hard to like accept your role in humanity. Like it's hard to accept if you're doing something that you love to do, that's part of your role. Like it's part of your role to be like, and I, I have a hard time doing that too because I'm like, I love doing this, but I don't do it a lot because I feel guilty doing it. I'm like, I should be doing something more. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like, but there's a part where like someone's like, you know, am I ca- creating a service? Well, if I can make someone laugh or spit out their milk or, you know, tell someone, you got to check this yeah. out. That's part of maybe my role. I don't know. I, maybe I'm just overreacting, but I feel like, but you, it's not to discount what you're doing, but it also, it's good to be humble to know that people are doing a lot more like, yeah, you're saving the world. 
Yeah. But then if you give someone a laugh, like what's that Patch Adams movie with, um, with, uh, uh um, I almost said Brian Adams. For some yeah. Time, like, I know who you're talking about. With, um, he's not around anymore. He's, yes. But like the comedian. Yeah. The idea of Robin Williams, the you're, idea yeah. of like humor and stuff like that and making people laugh, you know, it changes your bio rhythm, seems you are as a human stuff. So maybe your role, you need to just understand that your role is to show those inspirational yeah, things that way. Poor, this is getting kind of deep all of a sudden, but <laughs> give me more beer. I ate some acid earlier. So this, it's something actually that I, you know, I've been with Arcteryx for 16 years now and wow. Really? Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And shooting full time for the last eight, I probably even longer than that, I guess like 10 maybe. Mm. And I've hit a point where I did this amazing project a couple of years ago called problem solvers where we went oh, yeah. and, yeah. um, it, and went and told stories about people that are using design to so solve. the guy, cause I, when I interviewed, sorry, so the Craig guy who's, DiMartino. yeah, he's building the, the hoof, like the, the prosthetic foot yeah, mm-hmm, for showed, climbing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was, and then we went to Mongolia and did a project with UNICEF on, uh, pollution cause they have the highest rate of, um, infants dying of pneumonia in Mongolia because they use, um, coal cause there's so much, so many people moving to the city and they use coal in their yurts and that's mm. the only source of heating and the winters are really cold. So it has a huge pollution. Anyway, yeah. I'm getting deep into those stories, but sure. the, but for doing it so long, I'm kind of, I've hit a point where I want to um, use my photography as a source for, for, to either tell stories that need telling to help people or, you know, and I, and I feel guilty, like two of my three siblings are work for nonprofits. And so I, you know, two of, they kind of help the world and I decorate it and I work for a company that makes amazing jackets. But I think it's, I'm kind of struggling a bit with that Mm, battle of like doing things that, uh, using photography for the purpose of good versus mm-hmm. the purpose of con- consumption. Right. right. And I try and look at that through the lens of like my only purpose in the world, like my goal in life. Well, this got really deep all of a sudden, but you can, you can stay shallow <laughs> if you want to, but yeah, my so. goal in life is just to inspire people. Right. Like that's purely what I love doing. And that's, it. that's what it needs to be then. Because if you can inspire someone just to be there, who they are and that person's a nurse and they buy love and they can go back and save someone's life. Cause even like, that's, it's kind of, it's kind of like, if you understand your place on the planet and what you've become to do, is that enough? And it sure it is. Unless you're like a thief or a felon or something that's different. But even then they have, there's people with good hearts who do crazy shit. But like, I think it's harder coming to terms with, it's like that doesn't feel enough. Right. And so that's why I feel guilty about it. But I right. think I'm, I'm kind of like wrestling that internal monster a bit right now mm-hmm. to become okay with that. Like, right. because I'm not, you know, helping cancer patients and I'm not helping remote education in Myanmar and I'm not helping human trafficking on fishing boats in Thailand. Like my brother is like, so there's, you know, there, I think if I can still, if I can do both things, if I can use it as a tool for inspiration and then still have an impact, that would be my perfect scenario. Just think about this and think about all art went away. Think about if all art went away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our world would be like, yeah, people are subbing lies, but there'd be no inspiration to, to succeed and be better at things. Like there'd be no, there'd be no music. There'd be no art that keeps you like if someone comes home from a hard day of saving lives and they listen to their favorite song that gets them uplifted, mm-hmm, they go back to work mm-hmm, the next day. Mm-hmm. That shit wouldn't exist. So then what would happen? Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think there's like, there's, I use for entertainment a lot, but people need to have the outlet. And if you're the one who provides the outlet to allow that person, and I mean, it doesn't mean you're better than that person. It doesn't mean because you're not a police officer, you're not a doctor because, but if that doctor police officer goes home and goes like, Man, I, I want to watch my favorite show so mm-hmm. I can just relax mm-hmm. and allows them to go back to more than the next thing. Like, it's hard to, I, I'm like, I feel good. 
guilty sometimes because I didn't pick a better thing to do with my life, do more like more of service. Mm-hmm. But like the wind is of service, the sun is of service. Like these things are happening that are of service mm-hmm. to us that mm-hmm. we don't really think about. So and being comfortable, like it's. I think it's really hard to learn to be comfortable with. Okay. If, I've if you're not, a, but if you're not aware of what it, if you're not aware of what you're, if you're, yeah, you're yeah, what yeah. you're saying right now is beautiful because if you're not aware of that, yeah. it changed everything. If you're like, yeah. if you're just a, some kind of like, um, if you don't think your art helping people and you're not aware that people have a hard time in their life, it's. But yeah. do people really need inspiration? That's what the, like I ask these questions in my head. Okay, if my single purpose, just by nature of kind of how I've got here, I just love inspiring people. I love going out and taking photos because I actually want to take the world with me mm-hmm. to those places I go to. Yeah. And I think about like my parents who live at the beach. If I could some, like sometimes when like this trip that I was just on, like it was minus 30 in the sun and we're in these little planes. Gross. And, like, <laughs> for an Australian that's a gross <laughs> and then if I could just have them with me to be like look how amazing this world is yeah like that's that's all I want to do but is that enough like well because you're you're, t- you're showing somebody how amazing the world is that person could save a life to make that person experience the amazing world like there are things that are do we need inspiration though? if you weren't if, if, the humans if, need inspiration yeah, to survive of course you of course they do because imagine people are inspired to be a doctor they go, oh, I'm gonna be a doctor it's fine you, you need yeah. to have an inspiration of some sort to just stay alive. Like, doesn't be a human and have like, to not die of like despair. You can die of despair. You can, they can have like people who are happier have are, are healthier. Mm-hmm. So, like mental health. Yeah. Like if your, your brain yeah. can, if you're, so things like I'm not discounting or I'm not, what's the opposite of discounting? More counting. <laughs> Teachers are important. I'm glad somebody's inspired to be a teacher. I'm just here for inspiration. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just here for the, for the jokes. But like the opposite of discounting, so wouldn't it be just be supporting? We'll be counting. What, what's your sentence? Well, I'm, my mom's an my English teacher. Is, I should know. My sentence is: I don't want to discount what you're saying. I want to like B- build up, build, build up. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, this isn't a grammar podcast. <laughs> or, but I'm saying is that people need inspiration no matter what they do, you know? And yeah. You can be in, like, you know, think about the guy who's like, he's working at a gas station. He's inspired to be a musician because he listened to Led Zeppelin 20 years ago. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, inspiration is mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And it brightens people's lives. Mm-hmm. If, excuse me. If I can make someone laugh, if, if people listen to this podcast and they have it and they laugh, I fucking love it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things because I'm like, that means they yeah, had 10 seconds to go like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to, you know. Yeah. That's think, what I've always liked about you, actually. I think we talked about that in one of our first conversations commuting. So we spent a lot of hours together now. I think and I used to commute back to our Tarek's for like. From Whistler to Vancouver. You know what? I'm, I hate commuting people. <laughs> I, I turned on everybody else. I was like, I don't want to commute. But Andrew's like, you want to commute? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to commute because. We I solve just, the problems of the world. Yeah. Or we create our own. Now we're just fucking yelling about it right now. But like, yeah, I think. I appreciate you think that I, I brought humor. Well, you just, because I remember you saying um, that if you can make somebody laugh, because laughter is the best, the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, and I remember when you and I think I wanted to even say Mike Berard wanted to make a comedian, like a comedy show. Yeah. And cause you just, you guys love to just make people laugh. Mm-hmm. And I think laughing is as important as I think so too. Being I, think, inspired. I, think, I think there's part laughing's of, like one of the best things to do in the world. When you're laughing, you're not mad. No. And you for, you're you've lost, you've forgotten what's I just think there's there's a need to see to see things that make you smile. Yeah. There's a need to hear things that make you smile. Yeah. Things to, to, to do things that make you smile. There's things that do things that make you cry, things to see things that make you cry. Yeah. 
you need to have every emotion. Yeah. And so if I can create laughter and you can create some kind of like sense of emotion or like, um, um, like yeah, inspiration, I, emotion. Mm-hmm. I think there's, if, if you can evict an emotion from somebody that's, and that's what you love doing, that's your role. You know, actually, and I've never, I realize I've never publicly shared this, but the one like in, to say inspiration is the goal is like the more PR version of it. But for me, it's always been like, I, I wanted to create photos that give somebody an emotional buzz. Mm -hmm. Like that's how I've always thought about it. Cause I actually get like, you know, the people that I looked up to, um, like Paul Morrison being one, like his photos gave me an emotional buzz. I gotta get him on my podcast. You have to get him. Yeah. 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 Get him baked. Hang out. (laughs) 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 Sorry if I don't do that. I'm just joking. I'll get baked. Um, and like, I I actually don't look a ton in the, in the ski industry. I look Mm -hmm. a lot at like, conflict or war humanitarian sure. photographers yeah. because they it not necessarily emotional good buzz but like the stuff they shoot is so powerful like one image well there is so powerful yeah. and there, i just do it in a outdoor lovely land there that's, <laughs> beer, that's pilsner shit you should man. start the limoncello well i'm trying to get coast mountain <laughs> to sponsor me but i don't want to be less burpy but um yeah Angie, but i think there's like what you're doing doesn't coast mountain but you're drinking pilsner well because it's 12 bucks for eight I'm unemployed right now, so. Oh, but oh, I thought you were saying Coast Mountains making you burpy. No, I want them to sponsor me, so I don't have to burp on this stuff all the time. But, um, <laughs> I I think though, it all plays a role. Like you're when you talk about these these photos you love that are in conflict, that kind of stuff, and you're seeing these photos seem seem more important to mm-hmm, you, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, they're more important on a global scale and to like kind of change the tide of what's happening in our world and how there's some atrocities that we shouldn't be shouldn't be experiencing or witnessing, but. Mm-hmm. There's also, we have to show the good side of life mm-hmm. because if you don't mm-hmm. have that, you just live in darkness the whole time. It's crazy. Like, how can you, so I'm not, I'm just trying to say like, don't just, don't think what you're doing doesn't have impact and don't imagine like anything less than what you're doing has a huge impact on people because when someone can like, oh, I want to do that one day, that one day gets somebody out of some shitty spot. You yeah. Know? I like hope a, that. I hope does. that's, yeah. that's it. I hope I'm not just like my photos don't just inspire skiers or bikers. They, ho- they inspire somebody that has yet to experience those things. Think about that photo them. I saw of Luca Lindic on that, this, this fucking huge ice. You were in oh, somewhere. Yeah. yeah. No and way. I was like, so I look at that and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm biased because I've seen it all, mm-hmm. else, but I'm like the, 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 it looks that photo to me shows his faith and his decision-making in a spot that is so unpredictable that yeah. you just decide to do it. Like, and even like those things like shots, shots of anybody doing things that are like in a precarious situation where even if you see me you go, you're testing stuff, it inspires people to just take a chance. And some people don't make, don't survive their chances, but some that do change the world. So I think everything has its place. As long as you go at it with a chance of humbleness and not thinking that like, as long as you don't think you're going to change the world, you might change the world. You know what I mean, right, not unless you're right. going to, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to change I, the world. I'm not going to. I might I just decorate I'll, it. I'll change my shirt every day. But, that's what I but like, <laughs> I think... There's just, you need to, even if it's, even if your photo inspires someone to look at somebody else's photos. Yeah. Then it helps them. Like, I think it's a good thing. I think too, with it's, it's not just on the action sports realm for me, like, um, the inspiration part. It's not just getting people out there biking or skiing or like kiting or surfing Mm. or whatever it is it or climbing. It's more and this, uh, like, I haven't thought too deeply about this part because I just love to mm-hmm. do it. So it's a little more surface level, but um, it's like p- 
putting these people in the bigger world because when you're out when you're out there in the backcountry of the mountains like you're so small Seems a tiny, and we sure. are so insignificant and we yeah. think we're super important yeah but like we are not even like whenever i go to northern bc from here like we think squamish vancouver whistler is like super important and there's a whole like mm-hmm. 13 1500 kilometers north of where we're sitting right now yeah. that's got nothing in it but other other people living lives you know yeah. where we think we're and so i love putting like that picture you say of luca i love putting people small in the in the world which has kind of become a bit bit more popularized like in the last bunch of years but it i think it gives people a greater respect for the world too yeah i guess one thing too is like inspires like around the environment as much as the action i think we get used to things so now people are using the small person big world yeah but at one point that inspires and it still has the same meaning it's just been seen seen enough times where it has less impact but the meaning is still there yeah so if you if you're someone who's if you see you want to you want to you gotta drive i guess right Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. so i don't gotta drive um (laughs) rack them up uh i just think that i guess i'm Cure, I'm. I guess I'm worried about the volume of the sameity, same, sameness, same-z, same, sameness. sameness. Like the volume of of, and it, it comes. But then again, it comes from inspiration that we've seen so many of the same thing mm-hmm, now. Everyone's mm-hmm. probably the same thing. So like, because mm-hmm. I'm a Chris Picard, for example, it's mm-hmm. an easy example to go to. Mm-hmm. But that's inspiration. He's mm-hmm. like, what am I doing with this one photo of a guy in a small spot? Mm-hmm. He inspired millions of people to take that same picture. Mm-hmm. And so, and it was simple, as simple as that. So when you think about what's inspirational. It could be anything, you know? Yeah. And I almost wonder now that you've said that, I almost wonder if for me it went the reverse. It wasn't so much the small person in the big landscape. It was like the world, like, you know, that ice, Mm -hmm. like that ice was so incredible. It was like, you know, 300 meters tall or something. And it was so wide Mm -hmm. and no human was in there. Like we had to snowmobile in to get there and we just happened upon it really randomly. But like that, the world is so incredible, but then you put a person in it to give it context. When you think about who Luca is, I think you put a big person in a, in a small situation. Yeah. Like that's too, right? Like yeah. you think about the people who, like, yeah, yeah, there's, he, there's, yeah, there's people who are big people, like yeah. personality wise, like mm-hmm. Will Gadd's a big person, personality wise. Mm-hmm. So he matches, if he's this big in the photo, yeah. he still matches that big landscape, mm-hmm. I think, right? Like him in the, uh, in Niagara Falls. When he yeah. Or Niagara even the Helpkin Falls. Falls thing. Like yeah, yeah. he's, his, his, who that person is is as big as the landscape around mm-hmm, him, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of I never thought about that before too. But like, we put people in these spots because they're big enough to take the chance to go to that big space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, someone standing on the end of a bridge is like you know some Instagram person just like I'm there at the end. They take a picture. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But when someone's there and they spent the time to get there and do this work, that's a big person in that big space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, it's almost like it's hard to show. Like, oh, you know, so hard to show. Like to yeah. try and capture actually this being in like the Wrangell St. Elias National Park, it's so big. And you're like, oh yeah, they're big mountains. I live in the coast range. Mm-hmm. But then when you put a person in them, they're like this big compared to this big. Yeah. You we're just so small. That's what phones are good for. The iPhone is the best at taking <laughs> a small person. Cause you, zoom, zoom, well, zoom. Because you can't zoom because it sucks, yeah. right? So you have yeah. to take the iPhone is meant to put big person, small you know, person, big landscape. I've been saying for years, I'm going to shoot a whole campaign one year just on an iPhone. Do you shoot film anymore? Have you ever shot film? Do you do like arts? Are you like artsy nerdy I, shit? I do, but it's like it's I have a, I have a camera that has film in it, but it's, it's just so much more instant to shoot digital. And right. honestly, I, the, yeah, I'd rather just take my phone on those days right. and be more creative that way. Yeah. Cause my dad used to shoot photography and he had a, he used to develop film mm. when I was young, young, young. 
um, he developed film in the basement and I didn't really get into photography cause he was like a teacher and stuff, but, um, was he a photography teacher? No, he, he's a principal. He oh, was, okay. He, he, he was a referee almost made it to the NHL, but then just decided to become what? a teacher. Yeah. He knows Crazy all the old NHL, NHL guys. And then he uh, refereed the world juniors in Russia in like 82, What? but he's a principal of school for a long time. And then he was always a photography. He, he would, he's always like, you gotta get, gotta get the shot. He said that to me and he's my dad. He's so funny, but like, he, I have his camera here, gear here now. Yeah. He passed away, but he was like, that's the shot. That's the shot, son. That's the shot. He would come out here and be like, ah, and he would like, he used to shoot, um, he was the race manager for Nancy Green Ski Racing in Ontario oh, in yeah. his, in his yeah. later years, in his twilight years. Yeah. And then he was, a, she, he was in a Miata club, Miata cars. He used to shoot, be the photographer of the Miata car. Oh yeah, right. Cause yeah. He, didn't, didn't you get a, didn't you leave your car? Yeah, we sold it cause yeah, it's okay, a Miata. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they're worth a, sh- they're fucking, yeah. I have a friend of mine, Dave Emerald got one. It's legit. But anyway, so. Um, I don't know what's going with this because I totally just tracked down. Oh, uh, we're that. talking about cameras and photography. But I yeah, even <laughs> thanks, Ann. Ann's a professional photographer, everybody. Just so you guys don't know. <laughs> we finally got back to cameras and photography. Yeah. But you said something about Nancy Green, so I got, totally got distracted because um, I once had cocktails with her. I don't know what I was, Oh, really? I never met her. She sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. She's probably lovely. She was great. Yeah, I heard she's lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super great. Um, and anyway. I lived on Nancy Green Drive. <laughs> oh, did you tell her that? You probably told her that, I right? Did, yeah, yeah. she's like, yeah. Angie, I've heard that before. Yeah, it's after me. I was there. Oh, you live in I, live there. Yeah. I actually fucking live there because it's <laughs> yeah. after me. Yeah. Oh, you mean I lived on? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know what I was getting at with that, but. Um... In a, uh, NFL oh, coach. Film. 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 Yeah. And, and NHL. Not NFL. NFL. No. NHL. Oh, NHL. Hockey. I was thinking my mind straight went straight I to football. I talk super fast. I yeah. Okay. Suck. So, but um, I remember just like, you know, and I have friends who still shoot films. And I, I always had this like, People have this like romantic thought of film, like Daniel Pendigrass, mm, for example. Yeah, I can imagine so he's just at... like wrapping film around his face. Yeah, yeah. Hair, right. So, <laughs> um, but like, there's this romantic side of photography, which I think might be lost. Do you think it's lost because there's no film? Because it's like it's no. because film was so delicate, and you if you fucked it up, it was done. Yeah. Like if I... it was like when you're developing it, if these don't work out, you don't know till it's done. And I. My only question to you about photography today and that is, is romance, romance, is the romance gone because of those, such a difficult time to get that photo and if it didn't work out, you couldn't do it again. Who define romance? The, the idea that it could be lost forever if it wasn't done right the first time. Yeah, I think the, um, I, I can't really come up with the right word, but if, I think like how precious every shot was is lost for sure. Like Mm -hmm. I can shoot and rapid fire and a lot. And I'm a creative processor actually in camera. Mm -hmm. I'm not like a, I wouldn't say I'm naturally talented genius that just like, Oh, I see the shot. And then like, I I kind of try a couple of different things. You only see my final shots. I try a couple of different things to to find the shot. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's the one. And then I move on. But I think that I actually wish I had to spend more time in the film slide world to be more intentional. Like I have 32 shots or, um, four rolls of film and to, to make every frame count. I don't know a hundred percent if it's because I'm, I do it for work as opposed to just start with the art. Cause I think if I was, I had the luxury of time, I would be more intentional per frame, right. but you know, I have multiple car- products to shoot in a day and the snow's mm-hmm. warming and like all those things are happening. Which is almost harder because you have to get, even though you can go, you still have to be in the spot to get it. And I, I, yeah. don't, I don't see you as being somebody who just lets it fire. You probably do like, 
I see your, I feel you more like you're trying to, you're trying to only have a few shots to look through. You yeah. don't want to have, yeah. you don't want to, you're not going to hammer them through, just have like 40 million shots. You're like, I need to go and get five shots to look through. And that's what I need. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say five, but yes, sure. I'm, I'm kind of in between those two. Like I don't just shoot a ton of unnecessary stuff. Mm. I'm pretty intentional with what I shoot, but I'm not shooting one frame. And I think to come back to your question about, is it lost? Cause we're not, we're shooting more than just one frame. I don't think it is because I think that that it still exists. You can still go buy film and you can shoot like sure, that right. just commercially. That doesn't work as well as mm. if I was doing, if I was doing a gallery show, That's why I, feel, it's more, I would I absolutely like it's, do that. I feel like it's more like it's gone and I'm not saying photography is not art, yeah. but I think it's gone from more utility in the film, in the film side of like, yeah, it's now art yeah, yeah. where it's like painting, you know, things you're doing where yeah. I know photography is art and I'm not, I'm not saying it's not at all because it took yeah. me but like, I think it's gone I think digital as age is made. I don't know. I mean, it's all pretty standard, pretty obvious. But I think it depends what you shoot and, and yeah. what you, and like why you're using photography. Especially with action sports, things are happening so fast. Like yeah. digital helped it out. Digital made it, made it better. Cause you, you, it's such a fleeting moment to have those people yeah. ski by you or, I mean, climbing is different because people just hang there. But like, you know, I think it has helped to get those shots because you, how many things get missed because it was filmed back then. I mean, how many shots got missed because of film? Uh, probably a lot yeah but I think you would have been like I I think when you mentioned Paul Morrison that's why I brought up because I was thinking Paul Morrison he he worked in film and then moved into digital yeah Yeah. so he's like he knows what it's like to get have two chances or one chance I think that I've and like Paul was the first person that I actually went to to like ask him if he'd be my mentor because I really respected how good of a photographer he was technically and I think that I would be- have become a better technical photographer faster if I had to have learned more on... You're forced to, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Because I actually think the the OGs in the industry, whether it's it's not just ski, but like like Joe McNally comes to mind. He was They still act- shoot. They still shoot based on how much they have with film. They shoot. They know their settings so well. And like I, when they're shooting film, they're like, I have, I have two shots together, so I'm going to fuck it up. But yeah. then now they're like, they know their settings. So like, even if it's digital, they know it's like, and we get it. Because they know they're used to having that well, they had to have their technical dialed. Their technical skills dialed because yeah. they only, especially like if you think about war photographers. Oh my god! Back and they would, or even that geo photographers, the assignments would be three months long or two months long. They would never be able to see a single photo. Right. And then actually, the Nat Geo photographers um, would send back their photos to an editor. Yeah. And that's the first time they'd see it, which would give me like, oh, that would be I, so. I remember like when I was a kid, my a good friend of my father, uh, his son was a photographer and it was like, they'd get filming, they have to fucking like paint on, like that fix it with like, yeah. like yeah. I'm like, that's, I mean, that's a different level. It is a different level, but I, I kind of wished I had have lived in that Nat Geo era sure. yeah. a bit more because I think I love, uh, like a big part of my job, it's changing a bit because we're just moving a lot faster these days, but a big part, like it, um, a couple of years ago, I did a, a, a whole season in Greenland and I came up like with the creative concepts with the team and we did so much of the pre-production and then I shot it and then I came back and we, it was like, it wasn't a light table, but it was that kind of experience. Sure. We yeah. put all the images on the wall and then we went through and selected cool. them, which I, I did it. I went to Nat Geo a couple of years ago and that's like what they kind of still do. Like yeah. the photographer would do an assignment, send back the images, finally come back. And then the, 
photo editor, the photo director, and the photographer would right. sit in this room and just like put the story together. Like it was so that's cool. Like tactile. Whereas these days it's just like here's your images, here's your images, here's your images. I think there's I think our own So the romanticism is not gone. Yeah. I don't think it's gone, but I think it's I think changed. I think it's photographers are romanticists. People who need the photos aren't. Yes. Like yeah. The photographers want to keep the romance romance going, I think. But there's people who are like anybody who in a business who's like, hey, I'm at an agency. I have to have these things happening. A true agency. I think what's happening now is everything's so turn and burn. The trueness of it all has got to be gone. If you're looking to stick your foot in the sand and be like, this is what I'm doing right now. You're then either a guy who's shooting film and being a very creative, stating it and like looking at it. If you're like, move, move, move. I want to like you. There's a real there is a divide happening, I think, and like the art versus just pumping it out. Yeah, I think I th- you're 100 percent right in that the romanticism. If you're a fine art photographer, it's 100 percent still there. You're yeah. going out, and I think about like a landscape fine art photographer. You're still going out to create that one image, mm-hmm. Ansel Adams esque, and and that's like your mission for the day. Whereas if I shoot landscape, I'm also shooting product, skiing, action. Like you got to come home with 10, 15 photos from that day. But that's because that's my job and it's commercial yeah so I, th- I think the romanticism is still in there it's still in there mixed a bit for me in yeah. the pre- like i can put these stories together after but mm-hmm. not in the technicality of film i think the romanticism comes from the storytelling and then the other side is the technicality of the romance romance of like that fleeting moment where it could be gone because the fleeting moment is also when it's photos taken and when it's being developed back then yeah mm-hmm. and now it's the fleeting mm-hmm. moments like when the photo's taken that's it and it's like well the moment's a little less fleeting but i think you do what you i think i think what you're doing does the technical 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 side of it justice like you're good at what you do and you could just take one photo like i've seen what you do for 10 years and i think there's like you just gotta make sure you don't get lost in that like machine pumping out the photos yeah yeah i think if i start if i slowed down mm-hmm. and i and but like you, sorry go ahead yeah, you go. can't slow down i don't, I don't I, think I, you're like <laughs> i don't know if you could ever i think I, it's just in you to not slow down I'm, I would like to think I can slow down, but you're right. Like yeah. I just brain all the time, but mm-hmm. I really, uh, like I worked with Jordan Manley on that problem. solvers, and like, I, he's methodical, I think. He, yeah. And he is just, he is raw talent. I do not have that raw, raw talent talent. It's like the, in school and the person gets A's, I have to work so hard. And I'm not saying Jordan doesn't work hard, but he's just, he's just got this raw innate artist built into him and I don't mm. I don't feel like I'm an artist at all and I think that like just to take the romantic like he's so good at creating even in a commercial world he's creating art so I think mm-hmm. there's certain people maybe it maybe it's not divided as easily as I said it's more about the person sure um because there's people that are still bringing the art into the world well it needs both you can't have through a commercial yeah work. you can't have a fast car there's a you know some slow moving guy who designed the car you know you can't have these things so like for what you do for what you do it needs to happen what he does needs to happen like there's things there's a reason why you why you think fast and you're doing what you do is because that's what you're made to do and you'll be able to take these photos quick yeah. and get stuff done where he's like you know, he needs to take his time and think about yeah, his art doing yeah. stuff. But you can smash out what needs to be done in a in a very high quality way. Like you're not no discount, just different avenues. Yeah, and I take I learn like I learned a lot from him and I still continue to learn from him and it just just to be a little bit like move more intentionally because right. he's he's so intentional. It's not that I think he moves slower. It's just he moves with intention. Right. Everything he does is with intention. It's so well thought out. And right. I was so lucky to work on that project with him and Lisa Richardson actually mm-hmm. because we talked Shout about Shout out Lisa so Richardson much. and Jordan Manley. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Lisa. 
You got to come on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question for you. Uh, we have been like an hour and 20 minutes, an hour or so. Yeah. An hour and a half. Um, do you do any other art? Do you paint? Do you do anything else? Like what's like, what's on your side? Like I know you're. No, I, I don't paint. Sli- you know. I'm a stick figure. Like you if, draw? Stick figures. Like that's if not, I had to, if I, if I have to pitch <laughs> something, it's all stick figures. Oh, they're okay. skiers and they've right. got skis on the bottom. Right. No, I, I'd say the one actually got a, um, I wanted to go to fashion school after like before, like, um, I was going to come to Canada for a year and then go back and go to fashion school. Cause I really right. love textiles. Right. Like I love working. I don't want to be a fashion designer. I really sure. love like weirdly hort couture, like runway stuff, right. like okay. the art of that. Yeah. So I don't do it. Like I don't sew a ton and I don't sew anymore actually at all, but that's the thing I love to do with right. my hands. Like I love to create with my hands, but no, I wouldn't say I don't suddenly watercolor on the side. Are you at home like taking photos of like your couch to get this thing to, to, to figure out your camera more? Like are you always are you always like it's it's your tool, right? No, I learn. I'm a learn on the learn on the go kind of person. I don't like. I wouldn't get a new camera and just go on the next shoot. Like I don't sure. like that. Right. But like I love learning on the fly. I love learning with real situations. Like right. I learned to be a photographer through Arcteryx. Like right. I learned on the job. I remember you literally. telling me that. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> the washer so bad, but uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, we <laughs> so can take a break for a second. Yeah, and then we'll come back and we can chat okay. and finish it off. Yeah, cool. Sure, and then, um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I was like, I can't. No, I'm so longer. glad you okay, did because right. it was like hurting. Yeah, I'll cut this part out. Um, <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> um, well, we're back washing break yet yeah, because this happens in an hour and a half. Um, but uh, and we're drinking really tall cans. Yeah, I don't know where we're at with that, but um. We went on art, which I think was yeah. a great, it was a really good spot to yeah finish yeah. it off at. Um, well, Ange, first of all, I really that was awesome. It was cool. I haven't yeah. talked to you in a long time. I, I know it makes me miss out commutes. I saw you in Lot Eight, uh, the other day with Justin. Oh, you yeah. guys were doing the last up, and we were yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but I'm I'm happy you came on the show. It's really great. Yeah, um, thanks for it's cool. I think, thanks yeah. so much for having me. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's good, good to, to spend time sure. with you. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Um, we should do it again, of course. Yes. Um, and come bike. Yeah, I'll come down. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to travel from town to town. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No recreation sorry. travel. No, it's, sorry. it's necessary. It's necessary. <laughs> it's you know what? We need to stay alive. So, yes. um, But no, I thanks for coming on. It's awesome. We had a great chat. I yeah. hopefully didn't end off and leave anybody hanging on our chat. But um, if you want to find Ange Percival, you can find her uh, in the mountains somewhere. You can find her in, uh, on Instagram at Ange Percival. Yeah, and message, message, message me for sure. Yeah, message I her. Love. She, yeah, she loves talking to people. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can find me, I don't know, you can find me on Proctagon, you can find me on Instagram, uh, you can find me here on the podcast. But um, And YouTube. YouTube, yeah, for sure. Thanks for yeah, that. Yeah, no thanks. Um, Do you have a website? Not yet. Okay. I'm, I have casual with Ryan Proctor Instagram account, but it's empty. It just says standby, so deal with that. If you want to follow me, go ahead. Uh, but no, Andrew, awesome. Uh, it was great talking to you for sure. It's I think, fun. Say, think you mean to say it's coming. Your, all your content is coming say? on that. Oh, yeah, I mean, at some point. I don't know. I'll get it up there. Yeah. I mean, it just says standby right Sta- now. Oh, it says standby? Yeah. It's a stand- I think I spelled <laughs> standby stand- stand stand wrong, too. I think I, <laughs> yeah, standby me, I guess. Um, <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's do it again here. for sure. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, subscribe, please, because if you don't subscribe, I actually don't subscribe. You can listen to it. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.